When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Welcome to the Claret and Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Robertson, joined by Matt Kendrick, as always. Uh, for the first time, we're live streaming in 1080p. I've done a nice new background to match the third kit. Big, big Friday night game, and we're absolutely pathetic first half and lose 3-1. So classic Aston Villa. Now, I'm laughing, but it isn't for me. Matt? How did you find this evening? Because I am not in the mood for this podcast at all. <laughs> I'll just be honest, not the up front straight away. What a crap start to the weekend. <sighs> yeah, I've seen people say weekend ruined or early, but it's good to get out of the way, isn't it? Friday's over, let's just move on. Saturday's a new day. Yeah, it was grim. It was so good. I can't was just, you say, as always, joined by me. I can't remember the last time I was oh, that's on. That's important, yeah. It was like months ago, but... Um... I certainly can't remember it being as depressing as, as that the last time I was on. It was... Somebody somebody tweeted me to say that the first five minutes Villa were playing, they started the game as if they were trying, you know, as if they were shakily defending a 1-0 lead in the last in the first 30 seconds of the game. So nervous and so anxious. And to me, it looked very much like a team that had thrown away a two-goal lead in the previous game versus a team that had had the boost of a last-minute equaliser in their previous game. And you saw those two levels of confidence. And even before we start talking about systems and, and formations, which was obviously a, a decisive factor, I can't wait just for the, dif- the difference in levels of intensity was just shocking. It was just shocking. Like Arsenal were properly hunting in packs, properly mm. you know, pressing Villa and denying space. And Villa were just... Just clueless, just lethargic, and I think, well, surely last last Saturday, as as bleak as it was, and as crestfallen as every everybody was, must have produced some kind of reaction. And it was just a, a team feeling sorry for themselves, and I'm not I'm not used to that from this team. I think I think it did cause reaction, but the opposite of what you want. I think it made them worse. I think they still look like they had a hangover after Wolves last week. And as fans, like you said, yeah, it's, you know we're we're allowed to be depressed about it for a week, but the players should be better than that. They should have to they should have to spark back into action. This is their job to start the game like they did today. Was well to play the way they did throughout the whole game, really. But particularly the start, that first half was. You know, I've been doing the social media for us tonight, and I, I just put rubbish at half time. I can't swear on here. Like I can't I can't say what what the fans are saying. I've, I mean, the comments are rife already with, with all kind of expletives, but. I don't know how you describe that. It's just sloppy, slow, embarrassing. Whatever word you want to go for, that first half was was just not good enough. And questions are being asked, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to. I mean, we we've had it good, haven't we, against Arsenal in the last yeah. couple of last couple of years? And it wasn't like that. It hasn't been like that for many years. So we've probably grown a little bit complacent. Um, but it reminded me of the tater when we got in the cup final. Yeah, oh um, God, yeah. In 2015, where they absolutely battered us, um, and it was a, you know it was it was only a matter of time before they scored, and I just thought it was it was a really really poor show, and I think the thing that frustrated me as much as anything was that Dean Smith 
and his coaches took until half time to address it. You know, people probably said that he's took he's taken two or three games too long to to try and change the shape, but he, he certainly took twenty five minutes too long for me mm-hmm. tonight because it was, you know. Pat Rose, probably the man, and John Townley, if you want to get some proper tactical analysis. But even for um, even for your, your layman like me and you, it was clear that that, that system wasn't working, uh, that Villa were getting getting overrun. Um, it was just grim. I, I don't know. It's, it's sort of, it was one of those nights as well, to be fair, where everything that could go against Villa did go against Villa. Yeah. You look at Smith-Rowe, the deflection. You look at the penalty, which... I don't know. Target's not played that, not not made that change with any malice because he's got no idea of where um, where Lacazette is, which I suppose is a criticism in the, criticism in the first place. He should have an idea where he is. Um, I think there's a free kick towards the end of the first half before the penalty. When uh, was it? Buendia, Buendia, and McGinn both managed to dummy each other. Yeah. Um, when one one was supposed to dominate in that, that was a new set piece, some... mate. That was all. That was all written. That was need a set piece coach for that. Um, but yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's it's raw. It's bleak. It's horrible. I think what it will have done, it will have forced the issue to say that. Yeah, but I'm not saying you I'm going to interrupt you quickly. Should Wolves not have done that? Should Wolves not have, have been the catalyst for change? No, I'm not saying oh, we're getting carried away there and take that out of context of don't mean a change of manager or change of, of players or anything, but change of attitude. Surely tonight it shouldn't, shouldn't have started as it did. It shouldn't have needed Arsenal to now go into the next game and say, well, let's be better than that. Wolf, the last 10 minutes of Wolves should have done that. No, but if you look at the ratios, Wolves, it was probably 90% good, 10% bad, whereas tonight it was probably 2% good, 98% bad. So I think this is the wake-up call. And... Uh, you know, there might there probably will be occasions where where Dean Smith might might opt to start with with Watkins and Ings up front and, and go back to a two, but there's so much of the rest of the team that has to be just disrupted mm. to accommodate that that it's clearly more trouble than it's worth to persist with that every single week. Um, so, you know, Leon Bailey came on was decent, wasn't he? You know, he was. If most of his teammates were fours out of tens tonight, he was probably a five and a half, six out of ten. Um, but you've got to have a system that that fits him in there. You've got to you've got to work harder to fit him in that system than you have mm-hmm. to to fit Ings and Watkins both as a pair yeah, in that system. Good point. Um, yeah, just flat. I got a, there's a there's a mate of mine. Don't don't ask me why he's an Arsenal fan because he lives down the road from me in Halsey. But he asked me tonight, do I want to come and watch the game with him down um, Halsey Cricket Club? And I was like, nah, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm lazy. And I thought it'd be easier to get to the loo and to have a drink <laughs> if I stayed at home. But I've just he's been quite kind on me actually. I thought he's going to batter me throughout my WhatsApps all through the night, but. Uh, I don't like it. We, we've made Arsenal look like a title contender, look yeah. like a, a Champions League, potential Champions League winner. <laughs> Arsenal have been down on the look for so much. And listen, they're still some good players, but for, for us to make them look like that and for them to outfight and outrun and outbattle us um, was particularly depressing, I think. Well, yeah, and this is a team that we're competing directly with as well. Like we've got the Man United win, and that's great, and everything that comes with stuff like that. But if we're trying to, you know, leapfrog a couple of sides to get into the top seven, top six, Arsenal are one hundred percent one of those sides. 
you know, you talk about Leicester or Spurs or, or someone like that, and they're probably always going to be up around there. But Arsenal have been just on the decline for a few years. Don't know. They've, they've become this joke club, this banter side that everyone takes, takes the mick out of. And silly old Aston Villa rock up and make them look like world beaters. Straight away, that Watkins yellow card in the first 30 seconds, I thought, oh, that's, that sums it all up. I don't know what he's doing. Jeremy Carrick, who overreacted in the commentary thing, he was about to be sent off. I think he thought he kicked out. Yeah, him. I, but I thought that's just... nothing, to be honest. I thought, I know, I thought the yellow card was what... harsh. I thought he was blocked off. His path was blocked off by somebody trying to use his body to block him. So he just gave him a little bit of a fling out of the way. You know, you'll see yeah, that at Dudley Leisure Centre most Sunday nights, mate, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the standard. Um we got, I think, we're at nine points now, is it? Or no, ten points from nine games. I think that's right. I should have checked it, but I haven't. Um, so either nine from ten or ten from nine. So, that, you know, over the course of the season, that averages out to a very average 40-something season, doesn't it? Which is worse than last year. I know it doesn't work out that you just go on what your points average is. But at the moment, we're on course for a very average bottom half of the table season, aren't we? And we'll come on to the comments about the manager towards the end of this because we have to address it. But that won't be good enough, will it? We want progress, don't we? You know, we've had we've had year on year progress. I wouldn't say we've been spoiled because we had to suffer a long time to get that year on year progress, but we've got into a frame of mind where every season needs to be to be better than the last one and that should be the case. Football teams should football clubs should should move forward. So, you know, it is it is disappointing. I I don't want to be complacent and, and think that Villa couldn't get dragged into a, a relegation battle. I still don't think we will. I still don't think we will, but something needs to give quite quickly because the the alarming thing for me, as well as you know, us probably not getting the best out of our attacking talent with the way that they're being lined up at the moment, is that conceded six goals in the last two games, and there've been some soft goals, five from set pieces, is it amongst them as well? Um, I don't know. We kill that counting the penalties as set piece. Well, he's in, yeah. he's in a way. Um, yeah, I mean that that that's that's the the alarming thing for me that we're not making teams work hard enough to score against us. Um, but what's happened? What's changed though? Because last year defense was a, a a solid point, and we did our season preview. And we're talking about improving the squad. Most of us are saying, "Oh, well, the defense doesn't need much work." We kept fifteen clean sheets last year. Martinez is still here; he's getting better. Ming's concert cash target, yeah, solid, solid back four. Then we go and play three at the back out of nowhere. And, well, you've had just answered your question, haven't you? Yeah, because but, but we have drill, some success with three at the back. We, you know, we still beat Man United with it. We were two 0 up against Wolves with it. We beat Everton with it. So I'm not just going to sit here and say the three five twos never works. It has, but in the last couple of games, it's shown that it's not working. And I don't know how we can persist with it any further. Change it at half time, and we look way better. Well, I say way better in in the context of the game. We're way better. Still rubbish. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've, I've got the, the the figures or the stats in front of me, but as that as that three at the back, five at the back work better when when Courtney Hawes has been in there mm. rather than rather than Twan Zebe. I'm not not blaming him. He was the, he was a sacrificial lamb tonight, so they could change the formation and and get Leon Bailey in there and go back to a a four four two. But I don't know. It's it, it, I mean, Dean Smith. Dean Smith last year or the year before, people would have said, why is he persisting in a 4-3-3? Why is he not changing the shape? Why is he not changing the shape? I think the thing is, there's not going to be one shape and one one formation and one system that suits that suits throughout throughout the season. But it's being able to to recognise and to adapt and to change quickly. It, even 
in games, during games, which he's done. I think the damage was done by then. Um, but, yeah, listen, it's... Is, is he being stubborn? Or is that the, the thing that makes a good manager that you are stubborn and you you work you, you know what I mean you work through things even when things go against you you still believe in what you're trying to do. Um, we said this last season. We said that we had this exact conversation, but it was four three three instead of three five two. And we were all asking for a plan. Well, it might have been the season before. We we're all asking for a plan B and something else, and, and that's what you want. You want tactical flexibility, don't you? You, you need to be able to change it up. You can't just. You know, football isn't a plug-and-play thing that you just de- deploy the same system against everybody and hope for the best. I understand that. We've you know, been crying out for a plan B and all of a sudden, we, yeah, we go three at the back this season. We've got two options now, four, three, three, with attacking talents and three at the back with win-backs. Yeah, exciting. That looks good. And now it seems like we're too stubborn, like you said, to move away from the three, five, two. Smith, him, Smith himself has said, it, you know, it's horses of courses against different sides, but prove that then. Should have changed against Tottenham. Should have changed it tonight. And it's took us until... 2-0 down and being absolutely battered by an average Arsenal team for us to finally pull our finger out at half-time. That change should have come on 30 minutes, if not earlier. Yeah, I mean, I think... I That's think poor. The, the interesting thing as well is if you're going to persist with with that three, um, the, the, the setup of the midfield, <coughs> I don't think McGinn, I don't think Douglas Louise are at the best tonight. And I certainly don't think Buendia is looking like... A, a record signing at the moment. Now, I'm a little bit torn on this. I think I've, I think I've just put something on Twitter saying, you know, please, please convince me of something other than a very expensive Carlos Hill uh, or Gill, depending on what the pronunciation is. And people saying, well, yeah, yeah, well, if he was playing in his correct position, you know, if he's yeah. playing out wide, we'd see the best out of him. Now, I agree with that. I agree that, that to, to see the impact that he had at Norwich, you need to play him in the areas where Norwich played him. But equally, if you're a £38 million player, you've got to do better than that, even if you're out of position. We play, you're playing an attacking player 10 or 15 yards inside. You're not playing, oh, yeah. you're not playing, a, cent, you're not playing a centre-forward in goal. So yeah, and he's not a right-winger. Sorry, mate, he's not a right-winger that hug, hugs the touchline either. He's a right-winger that drifts into a number 10 position. And that's a bit yeah. different to drift into space rather than occupy that space and have to, to make runs yourself and, and find passes. But like you said, for 38 million. And he showed signs of it at Norwich. We've all seen and We know he's a talented footballer. But at Aston Villa so far, it's either a fitness issue or a confidence issue. I'm, I'm a little bit you know, too too much the other way of not wanting to write someone off so soon. But yeah, you're right. He just doesn't look, look anywhere near it. I think I think listen, I think these 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 blame for, for the manager of playing him out of position, but these these blame for the player for, for not doing more. And to me, he doesn't quite look at it anyway. I think he should be he should be. And I know if you're playing an attacking player, if you're playing him as a tenor or as a winger, you want him to conserve some energy for, for doing that part of his game that's gonna hurt defences. But equally, I think if you wherever he's playing in there, he should be leading the press anyway. And I don't think he seems to have that kind of energy to to get about like that. Um, but listen, it's there's more more to that problem. <laughs> you know, there's more to Villa be shocking tonight than uh, I was going to call him Carlos <laughs> than Emi um, Buendia not not quite getting there. Um, but yeah, I, I thought uh, I don't know because people well there'll be people, I don't know, probably people in this comment saying you know. Clamouring for for Smith to go and no, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. 
I can't, I can't quite, I can't quite see it, and I don't, I don't think it's me being super pro Smith for the sake of it, sweeping the steps of the whole end and stuff like that. I think it's still credit in the bank from what he's done, you know. And I, I still think this season, you know, Villa are going to have to be better than they've been in, in recent weeks, but I still think this season can be on par with or better, better than last season. Um, don't know There's where, a lot of you... improvement for that though. Has to be a lot of improvement very quickly for us to be better than last season, as it stands. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, the thing that's that's disappointed me, and all, all sides are going to suffer injury setbacks, and you know, players having to self isolate and whatever, whatever we have to contend with in in the modern world. But the thing is, for me, you know, we've 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 signed. I think Christian Perslow said it didn't he? We, we we couldn't replace Jack Grealish with one player, so we we've signed three now. To me, it's quite apparent that to get those three ings. Um, when Beer and Bailey on the pitch together, the only way you do that is probably by dropping Ollie Watkins. Um, that won't happen. Which I don't think it will happen. Um, so I think I think we've kind of lost momentum. I think Villa. I think Villa played it quite well in the summer. They knew and they'd known for months that Jack Grealish was going to go. So they were able to put together this. I don't know this holy trinity of replacements. But we haven't had that momentum. You know, Leon Bailey, having scored, um, I've forgotten even the game now. Who was it that we scored and he did his did his hammy against? Or? Uh, Everton. Everton, sorry. God, such an old man. Um, that should have been the catalyst for Leon Bailey to arrive in a big in a big blaze of glory. He's hurt his leg and we've had to wait for him tonight. And his impact tonight is when we're, you know, 2-0 down and, and heading for a beating anyway. It's not an excuse because Villa now, in their third year in the Premier League and with investment year on year, should have a strong enough squad to contend with three or four absences. But I just feel that we're crying out for that bit of momentum and it's been so stop-start. Um, and you can feel it, can't you? You can you can feel the little bits of, not resentment, but you can feel the, you know, the, the natives are getting restless and you can feel, come You're on. You're not reading the Facebook comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to you so I can actually do this podcast and chat to you, but I just can't get my eyes off the comments because there's so many coming through. There's a lot of people watching. There's a lot of negativity, which is is justified at this point. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like everything's rosy because it isn't. Um, but I'll talk about the manager in a sec because we can't not talk about it with the amount of comments that are coming through. Um, but I just don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I suppose. That, I apologise for the people that are listening to this, by the way, because I've always sigh all the way through this with just deflation. Uh, just the formation, first of all, let's get that out of the way. There was a comment from Dean Smith at, at one point about, you know, Ollie Watkins has been signed as a centre-forward. He's, he's not played out wide for a few years. You know, I don't envision him ever playing out there. Not two weeks later, he's playing left wing because we've absolutely, you know, booed our pants at Arsenal away and had to change it at half-time. That doesn't sit well, does it, really? It's saying, oh, that'll never happen, then all of a sudden it does. Managing Ings and or Watkins, if you're only playing one of those up front, how do you manage that headache? Well, you signed a striker, Dean Smith. You know, you've got to deal with that issue, hasn't it? Haven't you? you knew what you were getting yourself into there. So yeah, I don't know how you fit those both in. I don't know how you keep them happy if one of them doesn't play. Watkins isn't going to want to play left wing. It just, there's a lot of it's square pegs, round holes, isn't it? Those All those players can't play together. And I don't know how that system ever bears fruit. I think the thing for me, was that 
And then we obviously have the benefit, or unless people don't like watching the commentary on, we had the benefit of it being on TV and hearing Gary Neville at half time. And I actually quite like Gary Neville as a pundit, um, even if he does refuse to dig out his old mate Solskjaer uh, at, at United. But hearing Gary Neville and Gary Neville when he's when he's commentating on Sunday when Liverpool play Man United, he's going to bring a heavy dollop of Man United bias to it. I don't think you get that when he comments on when he commentates or when he's a pundit on other teams. The two things, and I actually wrote them down, which is unlike me. Uh, oh, so you've done some work. If I can find them on my phone. Um, two things at half time. I think he described Villa as having a mauling, which I think was bang on. It was a mauling. It was it was a five nil and everything, but the two nil scoreline yeah. at half time. And I think he said he was really disturbed by the way that Villa had set up. And I thought, well, you know, he's got no axe to grind, really. I don't think he has with Villa. So if he's seen it, we're seeing it for our He's, always, he's always very, like, um, favourable to Villa, I think. He always yeah. says about Villa Park being one of his favourite stadiums and stuff. I, I yeah. always thought he's got a soft spot for us. So if, if, if we're seeing it through our Claret and Blue specs, but he's seen it as as near as, near as damn it as an impartial observer and he as an experienced professional, albeit a failed coach, with a, a brief, brief coaching career. If he can see it so blatantly <clears throat> that the way Villa have set up is playing into the hands of Arsenal, that to me, me and you, as the, the non-tactical layman and stuff, it endorses our fact that that is wrong. So why is it taking the manager that long to realise it's wrong? Um, and I, I don't get... I'm all for accommodating players if they're going to change the game every week. But is getting Ings and Watkins in that team together more important than having a back four that has proved to be a solid foundation? Is it more important than bringing in... I know Bailey's been, been injured, so that's probably a bit harsh, but playing with the guy who's probably got your best chance of influencing a football match... In the tack is in attack in an attacking sense since we've lost Jack Grealish. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. I don't really, really understand the thinking behind it. If I'm honest, and I suppose this comes down to I don't know. I don't want to heart back too much, but we had the situation with Martin O'Neill where he chose 13 or 14 players because mm. those were the ones he could rely on, and he didn't quite want to manage a squad. Now he's Dean Smith in the back of his mind thinking. I need to keep Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings sweet. I don't think he would come at it like that. I think he'd back himself and his management skills and his man management skills to say to take one to one side and say, listen, we've had to do it for this reason. But these these little these these little I don't know, suppose suppose chinks chinks in his armour at the moment, Dean Smith, which he needs to respond to quite quickly. So I'm very and I'll probably get people swearing at me in the comments now. I'm very pro Dean Smith. And again, you know, the reasons that we've outlined in several podcasts, he's a great ambassador for the club. He's this everyman figure who can go out and speak. I know we don't care about this when we've lost at Arthur. We can go and deliver a lecture at a university or he could go and sign an autograph for a three-year-old kid. Or Do you know what I mean? He, I like him as an ambassador for our football club. I think that his year-on-year progress with what he, the Villa he inherited to the Villa he's at now even after a horrible Friday night defeat and a throwaway at home to our local rivals last week. I still think there's enough credit in the bank, but 
that's based on year-on-year progress. That's based on getting better and better. And now people could say that losing Jack Grealish in the summer, if Villa matched last season, that's, you know, it's not progress, but it's effectively, you know, negating that 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 big loss. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what... It just... It's just those little bits that you think... Come on, Dino. Just, just show us that you're onto the. Show us that you're spotting these things sooner than we are. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? I'm going to try and play devil's advocate a little bit here because I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to try and quickly put my opinion across. I'm also pro Dean Smith. I don't, don't quite sit right with me that a manager that's got better in every year gets sacked ten games in, even though this season doesn't look like it's heading in that upward trajectory that we want. Because for all we know, the next four games, someone's just listed them that they've gone. West Ham, Southampton, Brighton and Palace, I think, or something something like that. If you only get three or four points from those, yeah, you've got to be seriously thinking that's nowhere near good enough. If we suddenly go and get nine points out of 12, this conversation is very different. And to have sat the manager, I don't know, something about it doesn't sit right with me yet until the serious, you know, the serious drop-off. But what does that take us to be bottom at Christmas? Because by then it's probably too late to save the season. So it's how ruthless our, our owners are, essentially, is what will happen. It's not our decision to make. So I kind of just have to agree with whatever the club decide, essentially, because I can't influence it anyway. So that's roughly my opinion. Comment section, give us an in or an out so I can quickly scan through. I'm pretty sure I already, I already know from what I've seen as I'm, I'm glancing over. A lot of people taking us as far as you can go. Yes, he's a nice guy, but it's a results business. Results aren't there, so we have to make a change. The only argument that I don't get on that side is like, replacing with who? I don't, Eddie Howe? I don't like, is, is that is that the answer? Not Graham got, Potter? I don't know. Yeah, but Dan, you surely got to put yourself in the shoes <coughs> of the owners and what what is going to lead to this critical call? The diff- they're Losing very names? wealthy people and they've got a big stockpile of cash coming in from the Premier League. Unless Villa are in jeopardy of falling out of the Premier League, and I'm not saying that couldn't happen because it could happen if you know if this becomes a blip, becomes a rut, becomes a crisis, it can happen. But at the moment, we're talking four or five places, which is probably five or six million quid or or, or less in terms of prize money. Yeah, why but is, is it, that? Is why it, is that going to be the thing that is the casting decision for them? I don't because, think it is that. I think I don't they, think they, they could create a problem for themselves because are they are they that sure that there's somebody out there that is better than Dean Smith that is going to rescue this season and turn this season? What are Villa now? Thirteenth or something? Yeah, something like that. That are going to turn Villa from thirteenth into sixth? They're that sure that there's somebody there. If not, and they get it wrong, they've got a a manager who knows the club, gets the club as shown that given time you can improve things. If they get that call wrong, they could be the ones that plunge Villa into that crisis. So I, I don't think we're near that. that point yet. <laughs> I agree with what that. What? I also don't think it'll be a financial decision. I think it'll be a, this club isn't going forwards. This club isn't getting into Europe. This club isn't getting into the Champions that's League. that's the case, then why do it mid-season? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they will. I don't think they will, for what it's worth. I, I think it would have to take a serious, serious drop-off for us to be in the bottom three in January or February for them to actually make the change. I, I don't see us going that far down. I think we will be 13th or 14th and have a very average season. And maybe that's a decision for, for the summer then to think, do we need to change it? I, I agree. I don't think they will. But I'm just I'm trying to play the two sides of the argument here. Because if we sit here and go, oh, it's all fine. Like Dean Smith's a good guy. You know, He'll get us out of it. People are just going to go, well, you're just talking rubbish. And that's what people are saying anyway. But I've just said Eddie Howe and all the comments. Like, Eddie Howe, he's not good enough. And then the next few comments are like Frank Lampard, Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. 
Really? Is that what we want? Is that that's a massive gamble? People said John Terry. Is, I don't know. Is that going to be any better? Like like you said, unless it's some guaranteed winner, and people say uh, Conte, Mourinho, they're not going to come to Villa in fourteenth place. I I just don't know who we get at this point in time who's better than Dean Smith or potentially better than him. And like you said, Matt, and it not go the other way that we still go on a, a downwards trajectory anyway. This squad and that manager should be capable of getting top ten. So pull your finger out and sort it. Top 10's not, not beyond Aston Villa this season. Is I know, it really? yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're good enough to do. And, and with a few tweaks in the next transfer window, yeah, in time, maybe they can keep going up and getting into Europe. They won't do it this season, barring an absolute miracle, and they won't go down. So it's whether the owners are happy with that and, and can see the progress. But just, how long until the fans... Online is very different to Villa Park. We all know that. <clears throat> but how long until that, that atmosphere does kind of creep into games? And people aren't happy. How many do we yeah, have that, to lose that, in the in the next three or four to, for for there to be booze at games and that kind yeah, of thing? That, that becomes the barometer for me you know, when <laughs> that does me. happen. You know, it's always been the case for me. You know, there's there's lots of chatter about social media, and we love it because we can all get involved in the debate and we can all have our say. But the barometer is when when the, the fans within the stadium turn. Um, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think we've approached that yet. Maybe. We we find ourselves two 0 down against West Ham next Sunday night within the first twenty five minutes. Maybe you get more grumbles from it. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> Dean Smith needs to do better because yeah, this is a big, it's a big, you know, it's a big big challenge for him this season because people are saying, "Oh, you've re- you know you've managed to cling on to the coattails of Jack Grealish's rise, and that's all that's got you there." And this is a big opportunity to Villa for, for Dean Smith and Villa to say. Yeah, it was it was a really key part of our journey, but you know, this is a team, this is a squad, so the the, the challenge is there there for Dean Smith, and I still don't think, I don't think he knows what the best system or the best formation or the best personnel is at the moment, and I don't think he's had a contis- consistent run at it to try and get that right. I'd like to see. I'm not 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 saying Leon Bailey's got to be our only saviour, but I'd like to see him. I'd like to see. What happens if we've got Leon Bailey starting for the next five or six games, yeah. um, and what that does? Because all the games that you've just said, and this is our this is our random Villa at the moment. What did you say we got next? In I don't know what order: West Ham, Palace, West, Brighton, Southampton. I think uh, a four of the next five or the next four, something like that. Without checking, it, it, I know that's roughly what it is. Yeah, we could just as easily beat Crystal Palace three 0 as lose as lose three 0 Yeah. We could, you could easily be coming out of that with nine points out of 12 and we're sitting here having a very different conversation. And we're not. Well, yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. And then there is going to be uproar if that happens. Um, I don't know. We're, we're not going to win here. Like, I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not going to sit on this podcast and try to appease different people because everyone's got their own opinion. I've said mine. I don't think they'll set the manager. I still don't think it's the right time until there's some massive kind of drop-off. But I understand the frustration. I'm as annoyed as anybody. I'm, you know, a couple of comments saying this is the Friends of Dean Smith podcast because we always stick up for him. Like, we're not allowed an opinion. Like Just because we don't agree with your opinion doesn't make anyone right or wrong this is just what we think well, I don't, I've I don't tried what, to be I don't get what people are saying because people I mean I'm not I'm, not well, I'm trying to put the argument across it's not no. good enough for he's taken us as far as he can go and all these kind of things I'm trying no, to put that side across here I don't know what people are saying though Dan because I'm sure people don't don't particularly know or care about what I've said but I've called managers out many times before when I think it's time for I'm not saying when I think it's time that's when it's time <laughs> but if I did believe that if I believed that sacking Dean Smith would move Villa forwards at this point 
I would come out, and it's I haven't got a cozy relationship with with. with well, that was one of the well, that was one of the comments I didn't bring up just, but I will because you've said it. Someone said you've got a, a cozy, well, not a cozy, but effective that you know you don't want to damage your relationship with the club by saying anything what? against the club. <laughs> what relationship with the club? Oh yeah, Christ. It's, that's exactly it. To be honest, well, we can come on here and say what we want about the team. If if it wasn't good enough, and like you just said, we thought the manager had to go. I'd say he has to go. I personally believe, and I'm not a football manager. I, I'm not an owner. I've got no knowledge beyond watching the games every every week. I don't think it's the right time. Some people will think it's the right time, and some people won't. There's 600 people watching live at the moment. Thousands more will watch it afterwards, and the comments will vary. But at the moment, watching it live, it seems to be 75 percent out, 25 percent in. Really? And the people that are, that are out, I'm not seeing any names, to my opinion here, that change my opinion. I don't want Eddie no. Howe. I, I don't want Steven Gerrard. Is that going to be any better? Dan, when the, when the pendulum swings, <laughs> I think Dean Smith can't get make Villa any better. I'll be the first to say, great, thanks for the memories, thanks for what you've done, but we need better, we need to move on. I personally haven't arrived at that yet. That's not to say I'm right. That's not to say that the 75% of people who have had enough and think it's time to move on are wrong. But to me, there needs to be more more evidence in the negative side of what Dean Smith's done than the positive side to out to you know to, to swing that pendulum. But um, yeah, we can we probably chat about this after every defeat, won't we? Yeah, it will be like uh, this season will be like this all year now. We'll win a couple and think, oh, this is all right. We're heading in the right direction. We'll win a couple. couple. No, no, no. (laughs) Don't be silly. We'll win a couple of games and we'll lose a couple and it'll be, it'll just go between the two all season until a decision is made either way. Just on uh, away from that, it was just. Look forward to that. Stod's Law wanted that Smith Rowe would score. And even that was a spawny goal, wasn't it? He he Uh, looked good. He looked like he got proper kind of. I don't know, rockets in his boots. He just looked prop, you know, real, real energy about him. But even that was was a deflection. Um, and just the pen, just the penalty as well when Martin. Oh. That's what that's what probably offended me as much as anything else. When the Arsenal fans were singing Ramsdale's better than Martinez, I thought, come on, throw <laughs> <laughs> about this, but steady on. I was about to say, like, can we just not? Can we not go through the game? I don't care. Oh no, no, I'm done. I'm done. Mate. I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got I've got some strawberry. I've got some raspberry gin. So what, the one thing, the one thing I'm not a fan of, the kit. Oh, third kit was rubbish. Was Why did they play that tonight? Was there any reason? Well, we can't wear the white, can we? Against Arsenal with the white shorts and the claret's too close to red, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's pretty uh, obvious. <laughs> Oh yeah, because the colour clash. That's why they have different <laughs> colour clash. So yeah, I've got, I've got you know. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit. Get the kit in the bit. I don't think we've ever won in the third kit in the last couple of years. Last year's one was a curse as well. So I never want to see it again. Don't like it. Blue and I've done it for this overlay. It's like a mint green off white. It's horrible. Don't like it. Lost the game. Move on. And we'll do it all again next Sunday for West Ham. Quick score prediction for West Ham. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> At what stage of the game? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 2-1 Villa keep based the on what? based on what based on based on Villa scoring 2 and West Ham scoring 1 cool 4-3-3 or 3-5-2 you've got to I think you've got to get Leon Bailey in there haven't you so unless you play him as a centre forward unless you unless you he's got to he's got to go back to what served him so well I think in previous seasons um, so yeah who do you think will be? I mean, Ings was obviously the the one who made way tonight. Do you think that'll be the case again if he if he does? Yeah. 
think so. Oh, do you, you have Bailey left, Watkins up front, and Buendia right wing. He's probably the Villa's best three on paper, but Buendia's not really cutting it at the moment. So if Troy always free, I'd, I'd probably give him a, him a run out. El Ghazi come on tonight, didn't they? Actually, before we do go, because I do want to wrap this up because I'm bored at this point. Um, Jacob Ramsey, first goal, and uh, an absolute peach as well. But it means nothing. <laughs> It'd be great for him, as a you know, for him personally, but consolation goal in a, in a terrible defeat that will go down in photo for being the worst first half ever. Um, yeah, yeah, I think great finish for him. He'd probably rather score a scruffy goal in a draw or a win, wouldn't he, than score, yeah. score a worldie. It was, it, was, it was a great finish. Um, so, yeah, fair play to him. I think he's been, I think he's been a breath of fresh air, to be honest. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of room for improvement for, for him. But, um, no, brilliant. Um, Fair play. It's probably one of the, well, probably the only moment, wasn't it? Of, of yeah, I think of so. any, penalty any save was good. It's a shame about the, the follow up. It was a good save again. Martinez is good at penalties. That's a shame for him that it was conceded that way. That's that's, a, that's as small as a, a thing I can hang on to. It was a good save, but we still conceded from it. That's how bad the game was. That that's a positive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we move on. Don't we? we've got a weekend to well on it and moan about it and then just quickly on the opposite of the manager debate still the players have got to be better in some instances like McGinn for the, the first goal not even jumping from the corner like whoever your manager is that's that's not on is it whoever you get in isn't going to come in and, and stop John McGinn from jumping there it's basics of football sometimes we're just poor at silly mistakes and stuff in, in previous games like that's not the manager's fault yeah, listen, I mean, we've, we've spoken before about McGinn and the players that he's chosen to pick up at set pieces and stuff like that. Um, we do have a set piece coach name who obviously has been doing the business at the other end of the pitch, other than that one, that one when they're both dumbing <laughs> each other today. Um, but yeah, these, regardless of that, Arsenal would have, I'm not, I'm not excusing that, but Arsenal would have found a way to score several times past us anyway because we were just ragged. Yeah. Um, I'm done anyway, mate, to be honest. I've had enough. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Thanks, everyone, for watching the Can't Believe podcast. I'm intrigued to see if anyone calms down effectively in the next few days or over the next week. We don't play again until next Sunday, do we? So, you know, it's all very raw, isn't it, tonight? And everyone's everyone's a bit emotional. So, if anyone's opinions change over the next few days, maybe come back to the podcast and, and drop another comment to let us know whether you still so anti anti. Imagine if, I comment, imagine if I drop a comment like on Sunday night and I've had a chance to reflect on it and say he's got to go. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Maybe you go the other way and you watch the highlights back and you go, oh, no, he does have to go. Um, but yeah, it's all very raw on the match days. At the game, only finished forty five minutes ago. So yeah, well, uh, we'll call it a day there. We'll be doing some kind of podcast in the week. Something you know, once everyone has watched the game back and calmed down. I don't know who's going to be on that. I'll tell you now, it won't be me. I'm not doing another one on that game. So unlucky to whoever has to host that. Um, we'll be back for. Um, Someone just defend Smith now, Dan Robinson. I mean, watch the podcast. I haven't defended him. Um, but yeah, let's get out of here before I get wound up again. Are you supposed um, to plug something? Oh, I'm not doing that now. <laughs> what was it? Was it a Dean Smith survey? It was like a survey. It's like how well Dean Smith's done in his three years. <laughs> it's not appropriate now, is it? Um, I'll put it in the comments here and I want to have a look. Right, Dean Smith, spell at Aston Villa so far out of 10. I assume that score will be very different to what it was a few days ago. You can um, fill it in angrily, angrily with a red pen. 
if you yeah, want. Yeah, I mean, if you want to still fill it in, I'll put the link below. But yeah, I'm not going to go and sit through that now. It's just, it's not appropriate. Um, yeah, we'll be back something in midweek, then Sunday next weekend to do it all over again and watch Aston Villa hopefully pick up some point at least. Um, so yeah, Matt, thanks for jumping on with me. As always, thanks for the comments for getting involved in the debate. Uh, good ones and bad ones. Whether you want to abuse us is, is your prerogative. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for watching. We'll be back in a few days. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.